Hey, and welcome to Gizmo Sapiens podcast number 216. I don't have a title for this episode yet because Matt and I are doing this on the fly. As a matter of fact, there's no show notes. It's all off the top of our heads. So we're going to discuss whatever we freaking want. And that means we're going to start off with our complaints about Star Trek this week. (laughs) And why not? So if you have not been aware, uh, there's been several articles out there about how bad Star Trek Picard is this season. Uh, There's one about from uh, one gentleman who said, I just can't watch it anymore, so I'm not. Uh, And then there was another one that was more recent uh, that just said Star Trek Picard is bad. And I don't totally disagree with him. I won't say it's, it's not as terrible as the last season of Discovery has been, but I'm telling you, I hope to God's Strange New Worlds, which starts May 5th. May 4th. 4th. Um, is not bad. <laughs> you know, hopefully the writing for an episodic format show is a lot better than this seasonal story arc writing has been at Paramount. But I'm not holding my breath, frankly. Um, I'm, f- I'm frankly, we're at the end of... Uh, Picard, I think what well, last night was or today was the was season eight. Uh, episode eight. Yeah, and out of ten, so you have next week, and then you have the the week after, which it overlaps with the premiere of Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. We're at the end of the season, <clears throat> and we have drifted so far from the seasonal storyline, and you know, and. It's like they, they've forgotten how to even do that correctly because they decided they wanted to go to these seasonal story arcs so that they could tell a much longer story um, and have less um, or fewer you know, arcs in a, a, a storyline so that you know, all the, even the minor story arcs all resolve the big story arc. And we have a lot of Star Trek The Next Generation writing going on, where we have an episode arc, and we have these multi-episode arcs, and we even have little story arcs that happen within the episode. But the last two, so episodes seven and eight, in my opinion, are exposition. You could cut these out of this season, and it would not matter a whole hill of beans to the entire uh, storyline. No argument here. Uh, I, mean, I mean, it's... Was I somewhat entertained? Yes. yes. Did it advance the story any? No. Not an iota. Nope. I love... I could... I could hit the mute button and watch Allison Pill in that red dress slink around all day. I, I don't need Picard the musical. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't need Rafi's emotional turmoil. She's a character. I, does anybody care about Rafi? I know. It, it's hard to like Michelle Hurd's character. Um, 
you know, the, the way they intentionally last season, and we'll talk about the first season, they intentionally made Rafi's character a character that you don't really like. She was very unstarfleet. She was doing drugs and she was an alcoholic and, and stuff. And then they, as they're developing her story, they kind of make you feel sorry for, her. you know, she had an unsuccessful relationship. She had a kid, that kid and her uh, are estranged, you know, and now she has a grandchild and, she wants to be part of that family's life, but she really can't be because of all her other issues. <clears throat> but at the, they don't really ever redeem her as a character through the whole season one. I don't even get Seven's attraction to her. Oh, exactly. Well, it, that's why I, I actually think that that's the season two, this whole Seven, like, oh, God, she's a mess. I don't want to be any part of this. <laughs> You know, uh, in season two, it, it's believable, at least to me, from that perspective. But I still don't like Rafi as a character. And they did nothing to resolve and redeem her so that she can then go back and be a productive member of Starfleet. The Starfleet, you know, who's who even the 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 least experienced are still the best. But she admits it in this episode why it is I don't like her. Yes. And this finally articulates for me... Well, she's a manipulator. What, what I've, I've struggled to identify why I don't like her. And it's because she manipulates people rather than... Uh, unlike Jean-Luc Picard, who will, will speechify you into submission. Yeah. She just manipulates you. And, yep. and, and that's not... We a, hate people like that. And nobody likes a manipulator. Not in real life. Well, and, and I get that um, dramas today are trying to impart a certain level of realism into their characters. But that's not why I watch Star Trek. Correct. It, it, you want a, a... There has to be a suspension of belief... To make it real, which means that, and that, that the conceit that you're giving is that it is a more perfect society. Or I at, mean, least, at least one that's, that's worthy of emulation and striving towards. Correct. Correct. Um, and I, well, this goes back to our, our bit about the, the Admiralty in that with very few rare exceptions, most of them... Have been corrupt. Darn near all of them are either corrupt or incompetent, or both. Uh, and these are the people who are running the ideal organization. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. You know, and it's kind of funny. the The second article that I mentioned, one of the things that he talks about in his article is that. Um, It, the show runs totally counter to the next generation and how they would handle things in this show. They're kind of like swashbucklers and they don't care about beating people up or killing people. There's all kinds of violence and intent and TNG while there wasn't a lack of violence, complete lack of violence. The idea was that you were going to reserve or resolve all these conflicts through diplomacy 
and other means, you know, as opposed to well, you're not gonna you're not gonna talk somebody to death with absolute candor. Correct. You're gonna draw your sword and say, "Do you choose to live?" Yeah, and then take their head off. That's how that works. In Rios, uh, I, Rios is my favorite character. Mine too. Uh, but has he even redeemed himself to be worthy of wearing the uniform again, as you he did at the beginning many. of season two? Yeah, I don't know if he has or not. You know, he's awfully <clears throat> cavalier with uh, with uh, the 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 uh, Latina woman doctor. Yes. Well, and and for 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 having been received the lecture from Rafi of all people. Of the butterfly effect, and yeah, yeah, I know that that one, and that one doesn't. And that whole arc is too Kirk and Jillian Taylor for me. Well, exactly, it's another repeat. Uh, it's very, very well. You can tell Bad Robot is involved with Picard because we're seeing too almost, many homages. That well, it's not so much homage, aren't really homage as it's just re- outright re- ripoff. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, you will know if it's an outright ripoff if she goes back to the future with them. Oh, and I'm almost sure. Marty McFly is she will. slapping his forehead right oh, now. Oh, uh, well, it, it, glad you brought that up because. Darth that, Vader. My name is Darth Vader. <laughs> that brings us to Space Legolas. Yeah. Now, he goes on the trip. And dies. In the past. Yeah. If we wake up from all this and who shot JR is a dream and he lives, that defies all time travel rules yeah. as we understand it. Well, and, and the other thing that I don't understand about this episode... and. It may be setting something up in another series because it can't set something up for Picard. We're too late in the season for it to set anything up. Um, but we have the FBI agent who pulls Picard and Guinan in, and and that dude smelled a fox molder from the but, moment he came on screen. Yeah, but then also he he reveals to Guinan and Picard, you know that, well, mainly to Picard that you know a somebody did a Vulcan mind meld on him. So now we're saying that... Or a failed Vulcan, Vulcan mind meld on him. So now we're saying that, as a child, so now we're saying that first contact really wasn't first contact. Well, I mean, I think there's a difference between clandestine visits and a deliberate attempt at conversation. But see, again, next gen... But again... The Vulcans had it coming, so whatever's coming to Vulcan, they've they've deserved it. Yeah. Jonathan Archer had it right. You're right there. You're right. Thank you. I agree with you. And maybe that's where that's going to tie in the whole. Let's bring Archer and Paul and all of them back, but we'll see. But, you know, I, I'm just, I'm wholly disappointed. I mean, when all the other series are not on, 
I gladly watch Lower Decks. But at this moment, Lower Decks is my favorite series. And part of it's because they're so irreverent and it's not... It, it is Star Trek because it's in canon. You know, they talk about it and they do things. But at least they make fun of themselves. And they make fun of Star Trek tropes. So there is a suspension of disbelief and there's some humor in it. But the, the writing for Picard Season 2, it started, in, in my opinion... It started off great. That was a great concept. Um, I was not entirely enthralled with another time travel trope thing, but that's kind of the Star Trek thing. Uh, and at some point, they're going to have to do a show about the Temporal Wars anyway. <clears throat> there, there's enough background material to piece a lot of it together. You know, the Enterprise F and, and all of that. But... It's just been such a, le you know, after about episode three, episode three is, I think, when it just all went to hell. They're just not good writing, not good continuity. Um, you know, supposedly Rene Picard is the person and this Europa 2 mission is the the event that all of this is supposed to around. And we have not, we've seen her in two episodes and frankly, she's probably only had maybe six or seven minutes of total screen time in two episodes. You know, well, it, and, and you said it before, this whole Borg Queen, Allison Pill storyline is really a red herring. Yeah. It's a false totally flag, uh, you know, for the story because you literally could remove that from the story and it would not at least so far it would not affect the story whatsoever as well it shouldn't yeah um again this is just an opportunity to have Allison pill have some lines and do some things and wear a nice dress and have uh Annie Wershing or however yeah. her name is pronounced uh, who I like as an actress. I've liked her in everything she's been in. Uh, she hasn't really impressed me as the Borg Queen. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's... They have so much talent on the cast this season. Mm-hmm. And they're wasting it. Yeah. The Fox Mulder guy is actually the star of that episode. Yeah. If you well, ask me. The thing is, the most interesting storyline that they're going through that I'm interested in, if you could remove the cue parts, because, sorry, John Delancey, I'm, I'm over your character. Um, it's just cue stories are not fun anymore. Uh-uh. Um, and frankly, the first. Well, and you know, I thought it would be fun again, and it would have been fun again if, if he were actually in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Every every episode, and special appearance by Jonathan Delancey, and I'm like, great, he's finally taking some time to learn some lines and show up and deliver them, and. I know he's he has even less time on screen than than Rene Picard does. I know, I know. I was going to say the same thing. He's appeared more episodes, but you know it's like oh here's 15 seconds of John Alancey. He says, you know oh the finger snap doesn't not work. Yeah, darn. 
You know, I, it, and she was even in that scene. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's... I, I, I had really high hopes for it coming out of diversity. It was... Don't get me wrong. The first few episodes were amazing. This show is still better than diversity based upon the first two episodes. <laughs> Again, low bar. Uh, I, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm now like, you know, not every episode has to be a home run. No. I, I mean, you can, you can throw in some ground balls. You can, you know, you can even foul out for all I care but man make solid contact with the ball yeah that's all I ask just make solid contact with the ball and I don't know these last two episodes have done that well it's like I said if you could literally take two up two whole episodes and everything that they supposedly cover and eliminate them from the season and it doesn't make a change to the story. Why did you do them? And here, let me. Hmm, I'm about to say something controversial, and <laughs> we'll see if you agree. No, Matt. No. I uh, I am not that impressed with the acting ability of Sir Patrick Stewart. I agree. Uh, you know, I, I I would totally agree with you. He's not. He's not convincing as Jean-Luc Picard for the same reason that Mark Harmon was no longer convincing as Jethro Gibbs in NCIS. And I would at say least, at least, least Jethro Mark Harmon's as, as Gibbs was a progression of a character that you saw the, the decline yes. coming. Yeah. By the nature of what's happened... Jean-Luc Picard just doesn't have the aura of someone in command. That's right. It, he just ha- has too much happen to him that he's just like, okay, well, let's just deal with that. Yeah. You know, and that's not what Jean-Luc Picard was ever about. No, and, and I don't disagree with you there. I mean, I even, even when he went... Even as the guy that was like, we're we're all about diplomacy and we're going to talk this stuff out, he was the authoritative figure that knew yes. what to say, how to say it, when to say it, and now he's just like he's second-guessing himself. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's because he's Robot Picard, but even in the first season, I felt like he just let things happen to him. Mm-hmm. And that could be that could be that could be the 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 results of what happened to him as he left Starfleet over the the whole Martian robot uprising thing. Yeah. But even still, I would think th- he was right about that. You double down on 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 stuff like, like that. that. Jean-Luc yeah. Picard has always doubled down on stuff like that. It's not the same Sir Patrick Stewart who did episodes like tapestry you know um it, it, it and out of all of the actors and their characters i find 
Patrick Stewart to be the most responsible for what's happening. Mm-hmm. Because if it weren't for him saying, let's do it, it wouldn't go. Yeah. I mean, the show's called Picard for a reason. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And that, that the problem I have at this point, because they've already announced that all the cast is coming back for season three, you know, which really the only cast from, you had cameos of uh, Riker and Troy in season one. And, you know, and Eric Soong, you know, so, so uh, Brent Spiner, he, but that was, he was actually a real character who had more than, you know, 10 minutes of dialogue in the season. Well, that's because Brent Spiner wouldn't do it otherwise. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if he were offered. And same thing in, in the season two. And that's what I was going to say before is that the storyline that I'm most interested in is the whole Soong storyline. You know, how this becomes, gets translated into from what it is then to the eugenics wars, you know, that we then pick up in in both Enterprise and TOS and Star Trek The Wrath of Khan and, you know, and supposedly some of that's also going to be in um, Strange New Worlds and, and stuff like that. I want to understand that. I, that's the interesting storyline to me. And... Uh, I forget what what her first name is, but it's Brionis is the last name. Yeah, uh, who, I who I Isa Ira. I can't remember. It's an I. Yeah, Isa. Yeah, yeah. I think her name's Isabel in real life, but they call her Isa Bron. But she, uh, if I were her, <laughs> I, I, it's not as bad as is the kid, poor kid who plays uh, Space Legless. But if I were her, I'd be going, I signed up for this, you know, to go from... And she had so much to do in the first season. Exactly. I mean, she had two whole characters. Three. Uh, yeah. yeah, And yeah, reduced to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. You know, but how are they... One, you have to ask yourself, going into... The finale of season two and how poor it's been since the beginning of episode three. To what are they going to do to season three? And it sounds like season three is a full JJ fest. And it's just going to be an homage to Star Trek The Next Generation. I'm okay if they bring in the next gen cast uh, much as they did in the first season. Mm -hmm. But if they take... Rios and they put baby in a corner uh, I'm not okay with that me neither me neither frankly their best character <laughs> I, I mean you could put Picard in the corner at this point I'd, yeah. I would care less than what they're doing to Rios yeah I agree I agree I, I will say this season one you, you, you know, we talked about this the last time we talked about Star Trek two or three episodes ago. Um, with, the problem with Discovery is there's too many main characters. So they struggle for airtime. So you get to Picard where you really have six characters total that really count, that, you know, that drive all the storylines. 
And um, we, they, we've already established that they really made Allison Pill a, and, and even in the first season, she was largely window dressing. She had some cool moments, like when she killed uh, Maddox. Maddox. Um, but she was largely window dressing. This season, she's largely window dressing. I mean, there's so many correlations. Matt and I were talking about this before we started recording. There's so many correlations. The red dress and the singing, Star Trek V with Ahura. Uh, we have Gaius Baltar, who plays Picard's dad. And so then you take Allison Pill, who's in blonde with that red dress. And now we're looking at number six in, in Battlestar Galactica. You know, she's just window dressing, and it goes right along with that whole red herring storyline with the Borg Queen. We know how that's going to end. You're not going to have a season three if they fail in their their thing and the Borg don't go away. So, what you know? So they that they they did that storyline, like you said, to to give her some a number of lines and. You know, an opportunity to 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 sing a tune. Yep. Um, In season one of Picard, and 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 in reality, Michelle Hurd's character, you know, Rafi and Seven, they've largely been window dressing this season as well. Seven has almost always been window dressing. Dressing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's I, I I hate to call that out as it is, but. You know, here we are. Uh, that's she, she's always had a lot of things to offer, but I never really felt like what's the one quintessential seven story that's like that defined Voyager. You know, exactly. I can't think of one. I'm sure there is one, but the only one that I can think of that was a real quintessential seven story that focused on seven. Was the episode where it's she's part of the temporal war? I don't even remember that one. I'm gonna have to go back and watch it. Uh, it's in the later seasons, but yeah, it's. I mean, there's that one, and then there's also the the one that then ties back to the first season of Picard, where um, Echip, Echip. And, you know, she tried to help him integrate back to his family. and. But how did that progress the Voyager story? It didn't. It didn't. Well, no, I, I'm talking about it. I mean, it, it's, it was a great, it was a great seven story, it, but. It progressed the seven story. <laughs> but again, Voyager. As a character. Yeah. Window dressing. Yeah, you're right. You know, I, and that's. Yeah, how did it get him closer to home? What was it, what was it resolving? You know, did it, did it enable the Voyager to communicate better with. The Federation, you know, or or lop some years off the the, the, the travel time. Yeah, you're right. It it didn't it didn't set the Voyager story forward. It was more. It it's what I would prefer as an exhibition story, which is it was a character development story as opposed to these last two episodes of Picard, which weren't really character developments. It was like this is exposition that we're just going through to keep the story moving along. See, I don't even know that I would but call that exposition because exposition usually leads to a development. Yeah. And I don't I, I think this is just fluff. <laughs> filler. Yeah. Uh, I mean this is this is a hot dog. This yeah. is a sausage. 
I don't even know that I could call it a sausage. It probably is closer to a hot dog because it's it's this is not this is not the good this is not the good scraps. Yeah. This is This is like a bar S ninety nine cent pack of hot dogs. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I'll eat it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I, I it, it's not a cons. Yeah, it's it, it it's not it's not. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Oh, I know exactly what you're saying. You can't tell it's baseball season, can you guys? <laughs> but yeah, I I no, I agree with you. But at least if the episodes had, and and, and that's what I have been impressed with with the Rio story. Um. Yeah. They were very sparse with it in season one, but we did learn, you know, a lot about Rios and his, we, we learned what kind of man he was based on why he quit Starfleet and everything. But not only did we learn about Rios through the character of Rios himself, but we learned a lot about Rios through all the holograms. Yes. And, yes. And, and that's that was kind brilliant. of missing. It that, was. That it was, was brilliant. brilliant. Yeah. Well, except for the very first episode. Yeah. You know, and and they don't they haven't. The funny thing is, is they've done a little bit of seven character development, like when she went back for each and season one and stuff like that. But the reality of it is they haven't developed the character because they're resting on the fact that, oh, seven's a known character from Voyager. So her you should know her motivations and why she does things. She's literally marking time now. Yeah. Picard. Granted, it's he's the star of the show. Uh, really, how much character development has he had? None, other than they, being a now being a robot. robot. Yeah, they they made the, the what they wanted you to do was assume Picard was the same man he was in Next Gen, and in, he's not. And even the way they've written him, he is not. And so that's part of the reason that whole story is unbelievable. You know, that suspension of belief because we don't have the character development between, even between the end of the last Next Gen movie and Picard. We, you know, we got a little bit brief, you know, of his interaction with Rafi after the meeting at Starfleet Command before he resigned. But that wasn't a lot and it wasn't enough. <clears throat> and I don't think, I don't recall us talking about this in previous episodes. But I'm real well. We we've talked about it with diversity. I don't think we've talked about it in regards to Picard. I'm real tired. I mean, exhausted of the slap in the face political BS. Oh, absolutely. Fucking, that whole fucking make a science fiction show and don't preach to me about wokeness and diversity and all this crap. That whole bit at the clinic with the Homeland Security Pretty. raid, yep. the ICE raid, was gratuitous and did not advance the story one iota. No, no. It, some writer put that in there because they thought, hey, I can take, make, there's a message I can give here. Yes. Yep. And even Ezra who's a, a friend of ours uh, of Mexican-American descent, when I when he asked me about that episode and I didn't say anything about it, he was like, and that ice raid was ridiculous. Yep. And I was like, 
You know, I didn't even really think about it at the time, but yes, yes you're right. No, it absolutely that a, is. That was absurd. It was ridiculous, and there was no need for it. Well, it, that whole, you know, and him getting arrested and the the whole uh, being saved by Rafi and, and Seven, again, another whole section that you could eliminate from the story, and it would not matter. You, you could probably condense season two of Picard down to two or three episodes. Three hours of show. Now, back in the day, we would have gotten all ten episodes of this silly little show. Yeah. And I would have been tempted to re-edit it into a Picard the movie. Yep. And done the whole thing in two and a half hours or less. Yeah. Well, I may do that. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. It, yeah. it, it's literally, at this point, very easy to... To re-edit this entire season down to a, a feature film length, at, at which point you're like, why is this a series? Exactly. Exactly. Just do a made-for-streaming-service movie. movie. Yeah. Well, it, And it, stop wasting our time. You know, it, it's funny, because if it weren't for Star Trek, and I was thinking about this before we recorded the episode, if it weren't for Star Trek, I would not subscribe to Paramount+. Plus. Yes, are there other shows that I watch there that I really, really like, like 1883 and How Women Kill and, and stuff like that? Um, and potentially the new NCIS. Um, but the real reason I subscribe is because of Star Trek. And I have a feeling there are a lot of subscribers who subscribe because of Star Trek. And if it continues to be this bad in Strange New Worlds and future uh, seasons of... All of their shows, I don't need to pay my ninety nine bucks a year for Star Trek. But look at look at what Netflix is going through. Here's <laughs> what I fear: the 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 vocal Star Trek fandom are not on our side. No, they love. I've this seen stuff. so many posts on Facebook. Diversity is their the, is the, the best greatest show, show ever. ever, and I'm just like. What colors the sky on your on your planet? Because yeah. it's not blue like on mine. I don't know. I, you know, Star Trek, whether it was TOS or Next Gen, and I don't even mind some of the messaging. No, I it's don't. the delivery that has always exactly. been. Uh, TOS was very subtle with this stuff. Yes. And I don't know if it's because they felt like they had to be super sneaky about it because they were trying to get it past censors. If we, if that's the case, then I'm hearing an argument for, for television censorship. Yeah. Because it improves the quality of the product. Absolutely. Um, well, I also think, frankly... And quite frankly, they should be self-censoring. Yeah. I there, mean, that's there's the whole not, point. There's not an... I have a feeling that... If you go back to TOS and, you know, DC Fontana and Diane Carey and, you know, all these people who were writing for TOS who turned out to be phenomenal science fiction authors, uh, that there's nobody even near their caliber writing for, for the new series. But again, this is, this is the next generation and... It's paling in comparison. Yeah. I, I, I weep for what 
the next next generation. Well, well, the problem like. is we, you know, you say that about the the uh, we're in the minority because mm-hmm. there's a folk. I have a feeling we're probably closer to the majority. Um, and what it is is <laughs> now the problem that I have with that is if you were to take a poll at any major Star Trek convention you're going to find that they love well, the, there's no they major love Star Trek the, conventions anymore well They're there's Comic-Con. Vegas there's they just had one in Chicago yeah. I mean you get what I'm saying yeah you do a poll of those and they love this stuff they love that they're smacking around the very idea of infinite diversity and infinite combinations they just they don't recognize it as that yeah they forget that infinite diversity and infinite combinations means a variety of thought and how politics is meant to be played out yes no i agree i agree I just I, I don't watch the. Here's my issue with it is, and I and I our Dr. Sean, our automotive expert, who is also a large a big Star Trek fan, is not happy with with the direction of the shows either. Is that I don't watch the show to get preached at. Yeah, I watch the show for entertainment. <clears throat> you know, and and what I don't get is if you go to like Paramount does Yellowstone. I think Yellowstone is one of the greatest television shows out there. And you know why it's popular? And it's popular with a lot more people than Star Trek is popular with at the moment. Um, I think you have to quantify that a uh, little bit. Well, or qualify that it's not, just a little bit. I don't know if all Star Trek fans will like it, but a lot more people like the story of, Ye- of Yellowstone. Well, and, and 1883. And, and you can't say Star Trek as in like the whole franchise. It's the current Star Trek. The current, yeah. the current shows. Um, but, but the reason is, is because the show is not preachy for one thing. Yeah. Is it violent? Yes. Is it irreverent? Yes. Um, it also addresses in a much more subtle way the motivations of why people are progressive or conservative, you know, which I think is totally funny because those words don't mean what we call those group of people. (laughs) But um, that's more like the way TOS told the story, you know. Well, and again, we're talking about the absence of censors. I have always said that you will find far more creative solutions when you're trying to fit within the boundaries that are given to you. Um, when, when you take those, those boundaries and say, do whatever you want, this is what you get. And it's not good. No. It's not creative. And it's, it's, I find well, it lacking in entertainment. Yes, it is lacking. And that's the thing that's well, going it, to ultimately and, kill it. Well, and, you know, so I'm going to segue away from Star Trek and Yellowstone and Paramount. But, <clears throat> so, Netflix is in a huge kerfuffle. They've lost 40% of their market value after 
their their shareholder meeting where they said, hey, the last quarter we lost 200,000 subscribers. And what was the biggest complaint? But the two biggest complaints, one, they keep upping the price. The price while offering fewer benefits, like trying to actively uh, somebody said this the other day, and I, 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 well, I they, didn't they, check it out. They but stopped I, people from making being able to take screenshots on their computers of of shows, so that you know you can't create memes and and essentially it's free advertising for the show. Yeah, and then they um, they're trying to find ways to either charge you if you share your password, but how do you do that? Like you know, I have it on my phone, my laptop, my my iPad, and I work and travel. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how that's gonna work. And, and, well, also the selection. Why, why are you what? trying to do that? Also, when every other service doesn't care. I, I think it's because they've just hemorrhaged two hundred thousand well, subscribers. And the other and thing is their outlook for Q three is they're gonna hemorrhage another two million subscribers. Well, I, I may be one of them. Yeah, because I'm like. So somebody made this point the other day, and I haven't checked it out, but I, I am. It's on the internet. It must be true. If you're a Tom Hanks fan, and you're on Netflix, are you gonna go? Are you gonna be able to see Big, Apollo thirteen, Sully? I, I mean, no. Mm-mm. You, you, you. I don't think you can get Splash. And that's saying something. something. Yeah, that's old. Yeah, I mean, it's... You get his clunkers. And that's it. The selection of, of what you well, get at Netflix has now been degraded to the point where it's like, uh, it, it's not worth 20 bucks a month to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the problem is... it. Well, also, they charge extra if you want to watch 4K, too. Which I know to you isn't a big deal, but... Those of us who have 4K TVs, you want to enjoy it. The the problem I have with Netflix is every for every good show they have, they have two or three hundred really bad shows, and those are the ones that get renewed. And those are the ones that get renewed, and the really good shows don't. And and you know, and the other thing that drives me nuts about Netflix is <clears throat> this whole idea that oh, we're going to do a season of a show. If it takes 18 months, two, three years to get the next season, I don't care at that point. That That's the whole uh, Orville problem going on right now. Well, when Netflix lost well, and, and the they defenders. Were short, they were short-sighted, too, in thinking that, hey, when all of the other <coughs> major producers, so you know Paramount, which is CBS, and Disney, who owns ABC, and Hulu, and... Um, and Fox and uh, NBC with their Peacock Network. You know, when all these players who are developing all of, and, and HBO Max with Warner Brothers, who I hate to say it, top by far top down, the best streaming service you can subscribe to. I'm actually thinking about trading Netflix is, for HBO Max. Is HBO Max because I've loved, you know. It's a, new, it's a new, fraction of the cost. And new movie and, comes and out and I get to watch so it the next better. day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, but you know the the whole 
to think that these guys who were producing content that Netflix was licensing, that at some point when they wanted to do their own streaming services, that they were going to pull their content back because that way they had more control over it. Well, and if you're Netflix and you see that coming, now as, a, as an innovator, and they, they're proud of their story as an innovator. They oh, even made their own movie about being an innovator in this space. Well, how do you? How do you? How do you not see that coming? And two, how do you think that the solution is to raise prices? Correct. While reducing content and reducing quality of content, uh, you know the the biggest issue with both Amazon Prime and Netflix because they have the same issue with their their own internally generated content is that very they do have some winners. I love the boys. With Carl Urban. I, I, I love the boys, and I love the Jack Ryan stuff. The Jack Ryan, uh, the Mrs. Maisel is actually fairly good. I've not watched that, but I've heard it's great. It's fairly good. The, for, you know, they're just like Netflix, three, four, really five. You know, there's a few things I've watched on, on Amazon, but they do the same thing. But the thing about Amazon, for me, Well, is, Amazon is, is that's an add-on. It's, a it's free, an add-on service. It's a free add-on service. For Prime. For Prime, exactly. which is why you do it. Exactly. If Netflix were to offer me free shipping on something I care about, yeah, and their crappy little service was was like the add-on, hey, here's the little cherry on top of your Sunday. I would. I don't know that I'd still pay twenty bucks for it a month. But no, but I might pay ninety-nine bucks a year or one hundred twenty-nine bucks a year, like we do with Amazon Prime. Yeah. 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 Well, and even Paramount offers you a yearly option if you buy, pay for it in the year, which I do every year. It is less than, than you know, uh, Netflix by more than double. Uh, you know. It, it, and you get so much more. And you get so much more, exactly. You get all the Paramount back catalog. You get all the Paramount TV shows. And, I mean, there's some other licensing agreements that are going on that are kind of weird, like Yellowstone was licensed to NBC Universal. So NBC Universal right now is showing the Yellowstone show on Peacock. Uh-huh. They moved it from, you know, but the other shows that Paramount produces like 1883, which is a prequel and there's going to be another prequel called 19 something, 1934, 1924. <clears throat> um, those were only on Paramount. But they were developed for the streaming service. But they were developed for the streaming service. Yes. But, the reason they haven't pulled Yellowstone back is because they have a licensing agreement with NBC Universal, and that's what's happened to Netflix. And to go to think that you know, and frankly, what killed Netflix was not there wasn't a ton of Paramount's catalog on Netflix as far as movies, but it was television shows. Like yeah. they lost all the Nickelodeon shows, which are all on Paramount Plus now. Same thing with all the Disney stuff, the Defenders and. And uh, shoot, what else did they have? They because they had all the weird ones, uh, Daredevil and Jessica Jones, Jessica Jones and Iron all Fist, yeah, Luke Cage, which was why I got, got Netflix, Netflix was to go watch those shows. Yeah, and I was already like, well, we'll just hang on to it after they canceled all those shows. And then I was like, okay, well, I can still, you know, go back and watch them when I want to. 
but now they're gone. Yeah. You know, and now they're back over on on Disney. So I mean, it's like I don't, I don't have a reason to be on Netflix. Netflix. I I I, well, I open it just long enough to see. Oh well, have they added anything that I care about right now? Nope. Hmm. Surprising. Well, that industry, you know, is gonna condense. So you know, um. For years, I mean, for over a decade, the only streaming service, there there were only two st- real streaming services. There was Netflix, which you paid for, and then there was Hulu. Yeah. Because I remember watching a lot of stuff on Hulu, and, and, you know, there was no app on your TV. I actually had a PC hooked up that fed the Hulu off my screen into the television so we could watch Hulu programming on the television. Yeah. And... um you know, and then as those evolved and then, you know, you started getting special interests having their things, you know, so Discovery Channel wanted to have their thing, but then Discovery Channel got bought. So, we, you know, there was a plethora at one point, you know, you could have paid for 40 or 50 streaming services um, based on separate cable channels uh, that you liked. And now, which is weird because what I had always been saying, what would have... What would have helped cable is if they had offered a la carte programming. programming. Yep. And hey, they never for $10, to bundle it all for and 10, give you a bunch of crappy channels that nobody watched. Yeah. And it, to get the channels you actually wanted, you had to bundle it with, you know, 50 channels you didn't want. And yeah. You the, had to do that like seven six cha- or seven times yeah, to seven get all the shows you actually wanted, wanted to yeah. watch. The 12 channels you wanted to watch. Which is the same mistake Netflix is making by continuing to raise prices while giving you less and less content that actually matters. Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, uh, again, but we're seeing, you know, the thing is, is now that Disney owns ESPN and, and the Disney Channel, Um, you know the Disney Plus crap, and now that they own Fox, and you know, and even Disney's going, you know, maybe we don't need Hulu and Disney Plus. Maybe we should put them together. You know, <laughs> and well, and when bef- prior to Disney Plus saying, let's shed our family friendly yes. facade there was a reason to have a there separate. was a reason to have that but even then they were bundling it you know well, you get yeah. hulu with disney plus and espn plus but still your kids could be on disney plus, plus. and know that you, you theoretically weren't going to get something bad correct and same thing with paramount plus you know originally it was cbs all access and all the content on there was only CBS television content. And then when Viacom and CBS got merged back together to become Paramount Network or Paramount again, now when they changed to Paramount Plus, now all the Viacom and the Paramount movie back catalog and Nickelodeon and all their, it's one service. Um, NBC Universal, oddly enough, is not doing well <laughs> because they came late to the, the game and we're now in this consolidation stage. And even HBO Max, you know, which is Warner Brothers bought HBO and they created HBO Max. Prior to that, there was an HBO streaming app. And uh, it only... HBO 
Go. It was HBO Go. Yep. And then um, they started folding in all the Warner Brothers stuff. And then they bought Discovery Channel. And now all the Discovery Channel stuff and the Smithsonian Channel stuff, all of that's getting put together into HBO Max. Which, hey, I'm I'm happy with. And, you know, and, and to go on with this, this idea that... And it's not a new idea from Netflix. But this idea that they want to stop people from sharing their passwords and stuff. Um, and... I understand the concept of why they want to do it because they feel like they're losing money. But the problem is, is people who are going to pay for the service are going to pay for the service. Yeah. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of examples that you, that are not corner cases where, um, it makes sense that you would have your own profile on an account you share with three or four family members. Case in point, and I don't care if Netflix listens to this because I know they won't. <laughs> but my mom, yeah. we we have we have HBO Max, we have Paramount Plus, we have BritBox, we have Acorn, we have Netflix, we have Hulu, Disney Plus, and ESPN Plus. We have this. Well, we had a separate Discovery Channel, and a, we have Curiosity Stream. So we had about ten of the streaming services that we subscribed to. I paid for Paramount. HBO Max and BritBox. My mom pays for Netflix and Acorn. My aunt pays for the Disney Plus bundle, you know, and then we picked up a couple of other minor streaming services, you know, on deals where like you got to, for 10 bucks, you get the whole year, you know, but it's for one year only. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get rid of them when that year is up. But we, even though we all live in a geographically similar area, we all share those services with each other. Because why wouldn't you? You're allowed to have, we pay the top tier for Netflix so that we can have as many simultaneous streams possible, which means you, it's six streams, so you get six profiles. Why are you punishing the people who are paying the top tier? You know? Because... Frankly, it's one of the it, it, it is the first streaming service that will be on the chopping block because just lack of good content, you know. Agreed. Because even Amazon And we have Amazon too. We have just, we actually have multiple Amazon Prime accounts because everybody needs a Prime account for free shipping. They're acquiring Stargate. Uh, yes, they are. Universal. And so once that's done... Yeah. Uh, Amazon has a, a reason to exist again. Oh, exactly. I mean, beyond the boys and and the, the yeah. Jack Ryan stuff. Uh, we'll, we'll see how the... Uh, and I... I the, jo- the Board of the Rings stuff goes. Uh, well, yeah. Uh... I even wish they'd go back and and do more of the tick. Yeah, that was hilarious. It was. I mean, there there have been some really good shows. Um, I, can't, I cannot remember the name of it. There's a similar one. On uh, we have Apple TV Plus too, but that's part of. I pay for all the services. I, I was paying for uh, uh, extra iCloud storage and and the family uh, Apple Music Pro. 
And Apple One is cheaper than buying those both separately. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it's like, so what do I get with Apple One? Oh, you get Apple Plus. Plus Verizon gives you half of them for free for subscribing to them. And I know that you can get half of the streaming services for free from Sprint. Well, I, I was going to say T-Mobile is, is or T-Mobile. why I have Paramount Plus. Although, when that NCIS show finally hits, I may go ad-free. Yeah. Uh, and I, that's what I do do on Paramount Plus. I don't do the ads. Well, I, and the, only me, why, the only reason why I did it was because, hey, T-Mobile is going to pay for it. So yeah, you why? Might, as well, exactly. might as well do it. Uh, and then if I really like it, then great. They're also paying for my MLB TV, which is hilarious because I am not watching that either. Yeah. Yeah. I can't watch my Reds on MLB TV, which is ridiculous. And the other thing is, so, you know, Reed Hastings, who's the CEO of Netflix, he's doubling down on this because he thinks it, it – I don't even know how you can – even all the analysts are going, how can you think this is a good strategy when all your competitors are trying to make it cheaper to gain more subscribers? Because, I mean, NBC Universal is not the only one who has a subscriber problem. Disney's having a problem with subscribers because what happens with Disney is people have decided that they only like like certain shows like The Mandalorian and so what they – and Book of Boba Fett. So what they do is they they – when a new season comes on, they'll subscribe for three or four months for that season, and they'll watch all the back catalog of all the other stuff that's available while they've got it, and then they cancel, and so they pay $30. Here's the other problem with Disney. Yeah. Uh, and why they should, if they're going to shut anything down, they should move everything over to Hulu. Yeah. Uh, the Disney name is loaded. Yes. When Disney does something that people don't like, well, again, cancel culture jumps yeah. in, and that's how you get yeah. ridiculous headlines about how many people have canceled. Yeah. That really fluctuate anyway. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Disney Plus is hurting. I don't think they're hurting either. I just don't think they. It's kind of like we used to have a Grater's ice cream in the town I live in, and it always made a profit. But it wasn't making the profit forecasted that they thought it should, so they shut the franchise down. I think that's what Disney is in. It's not that they're going to shut down Disney Plus, but they're not making the profits they think they should be making from. Well, part of that's because they promised to do what Paramount Plus is doing with Star Trek, and that's give you Star Wars and Marvel year round. round and they haven't fulfilled, and they haven't that. fulfilled that promise well at all I, I okay so let's let's transition to, i can't even get marvel and star wars yeah all year all long. along oh neither can i so we didn't talk about this i don't think but there was an article i think you posted it to facebook um about disney and what were the least popular shows marvel shows mm-hmm and they said it was Moon Knight and Hawkeye. Now I thought Hawkeye, Hawkeye was, was awesome. phenomenal. I, I, it, of all that, of it doesn't the, get a second season. Is is it's not be getting, criminal. It's not, it's not going to. Nope. Neither is Moon Knight. Moon Knight is horrible. Now I haven't watched Moon Knight because uh, okay. I just don't care. <laughs> it's horrible. I, I 
I literally turned it on. I was like, all right, let's. I know nothing about this comic. I know nothing about this guy. I know nothing about the character. I know nothing about it. But I'm gonna give it a shot, and it was so boring. I started playing Star Trek Fleet Command, and that was more interesting to me than well. What the was going the on. funny thing is, is so you know Jeremy Renner did Hawkeye. And then he gets hired by Paramount to do Mayor of Easttown. Lordstown. Or Lordstown, yeah. And that show, although the the first episode was really slow, you you know. I will give you that. 45 minutes in, and then once you got into it, that show was amazing. And so it's like, yeah, if I were Jeremy Renner, I'd want to go back to doing this for a second season as opposed to doing that. Although, if I'm Jeremy Renner, I'm like, let's be like Deion Sanders and... Do both. Both. Yeah. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is yeah. it's not like he's hurting because they're not well, doing a second season of it, Hawkeye. It, it's not... It's, it's not Jeremy Renner that's, that's hurting. It's Marvel. Yeah. The projects that they're choosing to... This Moon Knight thing is... I, I, I can't tell you how dreadful it is. I don't have the words, and you know how I am with my words. There are not words to adequately express just how dreadful and awful this series is. I, they're like three or four episodes in, and I, I, I still don't understand what it's about, and I care even less to try and figure it out. Well, you know, the the problem is, is they're... They're wanting to do all of these things as like little six episode miniseries. Which would be awesome if they would give you Marvel year round, but they're not even doing uh-huh. that. The, the little six episode crap, they're, they're, they're so focused on, well, we, we got to do it right and we got to yeah. you know, pay homage to these, well, these really great I'm characters. Saying, and I'm just like, this is, the, this is the back end of the back end of the catalog. catalog. Yeah. Good Lord, man. Just give me Iron Man. That's what I want. Give it to me. Give Iron me what Man, I'm at. Captain America, Hawkeye, the uh, Black Widow, you know, um, even the Hulk. Uh, I huh. mean, <laughs> Thor. Yeah. But see, they're wanting to reserve those for the movies because they get more money for the movies. Which then bring, begs the question you, you go to the trouble of bringing in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Carter. The Defenders' whole catalog, why not do something with them? Yeah. Well, it's like the Loki series, which was good, compelling. Why isn't it a series that was like, even, even, even if it were a normal streaming series, you know, it's an actual hour show, but they give you 10 episodes, which gives you 20 hours. I want 23 episode seasons. It can be a half hour show every week, but I want 23 to 30 episodes. I was surprised to see, I I need to go back and check. Halo was a half hour episode today. I haven't watched Halo yet today. Uh, Now, that being said, I've actually enjoyed Halo. Me too. Um, and I know nothing about it. Well, 
I, I know the whole storyline from the game, and, and they haven't totally divorced themselves from it, but they tried to make little movies and, and things that went along with that story yeah, in the past. Before. And it never really panned out because there wasn't a total world to to build it upon. So you had to do all this exposition and development and things that people who were at that time watching that world were wanting to watch like red versus blue, you know, they, they, they wanted them to battle the the aliens and they're doing that in this show. And there's all this complaint. The other thing is I haven't seen it, but I read people complaining about the show being woke and I haven't quite got it. Uh... Now, yes, do they have a diverse cast? Yes, they have Asians and they have blacks and they have white people. That to me doesn't. And, and, that's but, not the definition but, of woke. But they're not. They're not like pointing it out. They're not doing it like 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 you know the whole Rafi Seven or the Stamets and Culber. Yeah. We're we're making a point of having a gay couple in the show, not because it really means anything to the story, but because. We want to have it. I don't see that in. in uh, I, uh, granted, to me, it's it's a popcorn series for me. Yeah. If you know what I mean. I mean, it, it's not one that I'm like super invested in. I'm watching it because it's it, it's entertaining. It, it's it's kind of like the Expanse was for me. Yeah. I I, well, I, I do it. need to go back and watch the I, Expanse again. I I, and I know you. It, and I and I I enjoyed it. I just wasn't overly invested in it. Yeah. And I, I because I knew it was a it was it was one of those shows that I like when I sit down to watch this, I want to sit down and watch this because it's a complex show with complex characters and I want to devote my time to it so that I fully immerse myself in it and the world because quite frankly, it's complicated. Yeah. I don't really get that sense from Halo. No, you don't get that sense. It, it, it is more of an entertaining show, but it's entertaining. The suspension of disbelief. I enjoy watching it. I'm not mad when I finish watching an episode because they did something stupid. I'm not. I, I, I am not going to finish an episode of Halo and be like, "Where's my phone? I got to call Chris." Yes, exactly. You know, it's just it's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I just uh, that's not what this is. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, it, you're right. The Expanse is one of those shows, and, and you know that's the thing. When I would watch The Expanse, I'd put my iPad down, I'd put my phone face down, I'd shut the laptop. Exactly, because it. now you're immersed and, in it. And I try to do that with Picard. Oh no! And diversity. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, the, "Man, the, Starfleet Fleet Command is a lot more interesting. <laughs> I, I need to kill fifty of these bugs in this game." So, exactly, you know, the the first two, maybe three episodes of Picard, it was pretty engrossing. Where yes. I was like, literally, like riveted. And again, I think that's because of how bad diversity was. So I'm looking forward to what I always do with these Star Trek shows that I, you know, care about. I'll go back at the end of the season and and binge them because I just I want to get a, a sense of you know uh, how how well constructed was it really? Yeah. 
my recollection of it from week to week is always going to be different than if I just binge it. The, yeah. Which is why I want to go back to The Expanse because I know that my experience of it will be different than than when I watched it the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's transition to the last one. I, I mentioned it previously. We finally have a date for when Orville is hitting Hulu, which is the 2nd of June. Um, my they, they had some great media for you know for the announcement but i think it's too little too late well one like you said multiple times in multiple episodes you know originally the orville was star trek when there was there was a nun and now there's so much star trek you question well the other thing is when orville was on fox you didn't have to pay a streaming service to watch it. Yeah. That was another added thing about, okay, this is Star Trek for people who can't be on Paramount Plus for whatever reason. Or, or at the time, CBS. Or whatever. Yeah. I mean, you, you get what I'm saying. Now it's like, well, it's on Hulu, which I'm already getting from Disney, but I don't feel like I need it. And it's not really good enough to stand on its own yeah well the problem is is i thought i mean it's not like battlestar galactica or the expanse firefly firefly thank you uh which they're talking about rebooting again um it's because nobody has a original thought in their head anymore Man, I want them to remake Sequest so bad. How do you, it, if they're going to remake anything, Sequest would benefit from being redone at this Peacock point. Peacock would. I, I would shell out money for, for Peacock if they would do a Sequest reboot. Yeah. I mean, who would you cast in that? Well, Roy Scheider. Roy Scheider had big shoes to fill. He did. I would bring Don Franklin back, though. Not in his role, no, but I, in another like role. The, he'd be like the Admiral now. Exactly. Um. But yeah, but go, going back to Orville, it just—it's too little. It's too late. The end of—it's been too long between the end of the second season and now, and so a lot of people are gonna watch watch it and then with the flashback uh, at the beginning of the episode of previously on Star Trek Orville. Yeah, this happened. I'm actually gonna have to pay attention because I really don't Forgot. remember. But remember, they they jumped the shark and they they pulled yeah. a. A time travel trope, yep. which I'm tired of, and I understand why they did it, but they did it. But you know, in and the supposedly lo- they're, they're they're sticking with it, which is it's an alternate universe, and you know, and and everything that you really kind of loved about the Orville is not the Orville anymore, you know, and the Vorlons, and you know. The Vorlons. Or not the Vorlons. <laughs> That's <laughs> Bad 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 <laughs> The Vorgons? Vortons? I... What, what are... Again, I don't remember. Who cares? You know? Um, you know, all of that doesn't really exist because they're throwing away that previous alternate universe for the new one. Yeah. And... And, and again, I would, I would care about that. If I thought, well, I would care about that if it weren't this a, another, the, the whole idea of Star Trek Picard season two. Well, <laughs> even that aside, <laughs> if I had even a, a 
a slightest hope that there will be another season of Orville. No, there will I think be. this will be one and done, at which point I'm like, why am I investing in a whole new whole new universe of characters and, and planets and, and government and a political system that I ultimately, you're going to get to the end of the season and you're done. I, I Uh, it's I love hard, the show. It, I it's, love I love the show, but I now ha, now I have lower decks for that. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and you know, and I think I, we've already got more episodes of lower decks than we, than we have for Orville. You're absolutely I right. Could be wrong about that, but I'm well, and, and like in a show, there's characters you like and characters you don't like. I don't like the Klingon security guy. Yeah, I don't like. I can't remember his name. Or the, Bort. Well, he's the second officer. Bortus and, and, and his and his husband. Yeah. I, 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 didn't, I didn't care for any of that. No. And, and even before they, they added brought that. that yeah, I didn't I like that character never, either. I never liked yeah. the character. No. My favorite was, you know, obviously Seth MacFarlane's character yeah. and – the helmsman and the chief engineer and, you know, how they would pull pranks on each other and do, I thought that was great, you know, but in rea- reality, the people at that level wouldn't be doing that <laughs> lower decks on the other hand. <laughs> well, and that's just, yeah, that, that's what this show was supposed to be. The yeah. Orville itself Self. was not even a top of the line, line ship. ship. Yeah. It was, it was like California class, lower decks, yeah, second, second contact. contact. Yep. You know, that's the kind of stuff that show was supposed to be. And they started to take themselves too seriously when they were the only Star Trek on. Yep. And I think it was too much for Seth. I really believe it was like, this is too much. The the weight of it became too much. And then he just didn't want to do it because then he has to commit to it. Yeah. And it might suck. Which, and which it, it kind of is <laughs> pretty much did so well let us know what you guys think send us some feedback to gizmosapiens at gmail.com and we'll see you on the digital flip side you've been listening to Gizmo Sapiens, a technology and entertainment podcast you can reach us at our email address at gizmosapiens at gmail.com. That's G-I-Z-M-O-S-A-P-I-E-N-S at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you, and we'll see you next week from the digital flip side. <laughs>